Today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On Rooms because it is the only opportunity where you can have a full-blown discussion with your favorite athlete, sports personality, and also myself. I host a few Spotify Greenrooms. They're a lot of fun. I'll let you guys know when I go live with one. Okay, let's revisit a silly season topic in terms of Morgan Riley. Could he potentially be traded to the New Jersey Devils? Let's talk about Andreas Janssen's season. Yeah, let's reminisce on that. And let's talk about Joey Anderson. Wait a minute. I can't talk about... About all those topics by myself so let's bring in locked on Leafs to have a full-blown discussion on all things Leafs all things Devils and let's talk about maybe some potential deals in the work because we have a lot to discuss and it is just too big to fit into one episode so I am splitting this into a two-parter I can't remember the last time that I've done something like this but anyway we have a lot to discuss with Mike of locked on Leafs so let's just buckle up and get ready everybody you're locked on Devils Your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Alrighty now, what is up New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer and also Devils writer for the Hockey Writers, Trey Matthews. It's currently 11.43 p.m. Eastern Time, July 9th, 2021 at the time of recording. And twas the night after my birthday and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for all the birthday wishes, all the love, all the support that you showed me. I really appreciate it. Also, the New Jersey Devils kind of roasted me, so... If you hadn't checked out my Twitter, I basically posted on my personal account uh, me wearing a Nico Heizer reverse retro jersey and, uh, you know, just having a little bit of a photo shoot saying I'm 22. And they said, uh, you're 22. Uh, cool it with the I'm getting old uh, thing because I said I was getting old in the picture. Because, you know, I, I'm 22. I am getting older. I didn't say I was, like, old, old. But, you know, I'm getting older. But anyway, they just said we're turning 40 next year and they wish me a happy birthday. And my phone has been going crazy the last couple of days. I've been getting uh, new followers, new likes, new birthday wishes from people I don't even know so if you are a listener of my show and you're one of those people who uh wish me happy birthday if you're one of those people who uh were able to find me and just follow me and follow my locked on devils account i thank you i am sure my social media page is going to get some attention in our locked on newsletter so i appreciate you guys so what are we going to be doing in this episode well doing a crossover with erica in yesterday's episode so if you hadn't checked out yesterday's episode please do so because erica of locked on kraken and also locked on women's basketball came on and we had a crossover episode in regards to the expansion draft, uh, what it's going to look like for the Seattle Kraken, expectations, whatever the case might be. So that was sort of like my uh, birthday episode because I didn't want to record an episode on the day of my birthday. So I uh, recorded a couple days in advance and posted it on my birthday so that way I could spend time with family. But anyway, uh, doing a crossover with Erica was a lot of fun. So why not do another crossover with one of my other colleagues? However, this one was much longer. So it was so long that I have to split into two parts. So part one is today and then part two will be on Tuesday. So uh, it is Michael of Locked on Lease, and can you guess what silly season discussion we're going to be having? We're going to be talking about Morgan Riley. We're going to be talking about the state of both of our respective organizations. He's going to address the 3-1 situation that happened uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's going to discuss what's it going to take for them to get over the hump. I'm going to tell him what's it going to take for the Devils to get over the hump, and overall, it's just going to be a great discussion. But before we get into it, I have to give you guys the first and only live read this morning, and it comes from Built Bar. So did you know that 
Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. There is something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. You know what my favorite flavor is? If you want to give me a belated birthday gift, give me the birthday cake flavor Built Bar. So if you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of the each of the nine flavors. Now that our Built Bar is the best tasting protein bars ever, but they're super healthy too. Most of the bars have 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. So order today and get that raspberry or whatever you like. So the offer is go to Built Bar and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, enough dawdling. Let's bring in Michael of Locked On Leafs, and let's have this full-blown, silly season hockey discussion. So let's take it away. I think you guys are going to like this. All right, now it's time for a special crossover between Locked On Devils and Locked On Toronto Maple Leafs. So please join in welcoming the host of Locked On Leafs. It's Michael DeStefanon. So, uh, Michael, we've done a crossover before, but now since the season is now uh, officially over, Tampa Bay Lightning came out as champions. Obviously, we need to talk about what happened to your uh, Maple Leafs, and then obviously we're going to go from there, and we're going to do something in which I like to call my show called Silly Season, in which we just discuss like uh, just certain narratives, something that might not actually happen, but at the same time, still, why not entertain the thought? And it could lead to some, you know, intriguing discussion so first and foremost michael how you doing i'm doing well doing well trey thanks for thanks for having me on the show again excited to be back on locked on devils and i mean of course you want to talk about 3-1 i i think i'm just finally starting to get over it and you want to go ahead and open up those wounds again of I'm, course i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm not trying to throw shade but like i said this is part of the narrative and this is part of the build-up because Obviously, I, I have my eyes on one of your alternate captains. That's Morgan Riley. And then obviously, I got to talk about how, you know, you guys have just been struggling in the playoffs. And, you know, I, I'm like I said, not trying to throw shade because you guys have been going to the playoffs. That's more than what we can say. But, you know, obviously, just got to just got to ask. So obviously, you guys go to the playoffs, but you blew a three to one lead. That is always the uh, most gut wrenching thing in all of sports because, uh, you know, the memes, the jokes, whatever the case might be. Uh, from your perspective, what happened during that playoff series? Well, a couple of things happened, but mainly um, the superstars of the Maple Leafs, the, the, the scoring dried up, like you had one goal between Matthews and Marner and, and that's it. That, that can't happen, right? Like you're paying these guys over $20 million between the two and they've got to come up with more than one goal through a seven game series, right? So at the end of the day, you take a look, each game that they lost, they lost by a goal. Outside of technically, I guess, the game seven, there was an empty netter. But for all intents and purposes, they're all one-goal games that they lost. You get one goal from any one of those two players in any one of those games. You could throw Hyman in there as well. This is a different series. So that's that's really the most, like, the biggest thing was that the Stars didn't perform. They didn't get it done in the playoffs. That That's number one. Number two, look, the Canadians are, uh, they're, a good team. They played well. They played with structure and they didn't make mistakes and they kind of just hung around long enough until Toronto made mistakes and then they capitalized. They did this also against Vegas and they did this also uh, a little bit against um against the Jets, although they more so outplayed the Jets in, in round two in their in that series. But 
you know, the small turnovers and the, and the little mental mistakes that were made by the Maple Leafs, Montreal really made them pay. And that's how they scored goals. And then the third thing is Toronto stopped winning the net front battles. Guys like Corey Perry, guys like Josh Anderson, Yoel Armia, they really went hard to the net and they're able to jam away at goals and score some real garbage ones to to get the, the the Habs kind of back into it. And then Toronto was just failing to make their way out in front of, of Carey Price. And, I mean, what do we know about Carey Price? If you don't put bodies in front of him or you don't crash the crease and get garbage goals, if he sees the shot, he's going to save it. And that's basically what ended up happening in the back half of that series. We're, we're not trying to take anything away from the Montreal Canadiens, but uh... – just based on, you know, based on our uh, past conversations, it's just that the Toronto Maple Leafs, that they just look better on paper. Like, because, you know, I, I know about Mitchell Marner because he was in the same draft class as Pavel Zaka from 2015, which is considered one of the best uh, draft classes in like, I, I'd say this decade, if, if that makes any sense, or last decade, because I keep forgetting we're in 2021. But you, absolutely. You, you, you get what I mean. And also Matthews and you talked about just like the overall uh, non-impact that your players had. So uh, before we get into silly season discussion, is there any rumors, any like um, uh, anything swirling in regards to the Toronto Maple Leafs? Do you think they're going to run it back with the same roster next year? Are we going to see a drastic change? Because you guys have been like stuck in this uh, predicament since like 2004. And to give you some reference, that's when the first Incredibles movie was released. That's when Spider-Man 2, Tobey Maguire, and Alfred Molina <laughs> was released. And that's when I was in preschool. That's the last time you guys like won a playoff series. So what, what's next? Because I'm sure you're tired of telling your fan base the same thing, which is, you know, we're, we're going to run it back next year and we're going to do way better. But obviously, you know, something's got to change, right? You would think. You would think, right? You would think. But it, it doesn't look like there's going to be much change. You know, they went out and, and the guys, th there's a few guys who are going to be free agents. So there was, there's some turnover that could still happen, um, but they already brought back Jason Spezza. They brought back Wayne Simmons. Um, they're apparently still in discussions with Freddie Anderson. They're both interested in a possible return. Although I, I'll believe it when I see it, I think interest is a very loose term on that one. Like, yeah, sure. We'll bring Freddie Anderson back. If he wants to play on like a $2 million contract, of course there's interest. I think the likelihood is low. Um, I think they're going to end up running it back though. Like, unfortunately there was some discussion like amongst some scribes about whether or not the Maple Leafs, uh, it, you know, would somewhat, make a big move in the off season over the course of like 24 hours after they got eliminated for the playoffs. It's like, Oh, it's time to trade Mitch Marner. Uh, do they got to trade one of their big four guys? Is this team capable of winning the way that the roster is structured? And, you know, that conversation came up and happened a lot and it was quickly put to rest though. Uh, once, Kyle Dubas, the general manager, did his year in press conference where he basically said, like, our our, our car our core four is here to stay. Um, in which case, if that if that is true, I don't see much turnover coming. Like Zach Hyman is a is a UFA. He's somebody that the Maple Leafs would like to bring back. They're clearly still in discussions to try and bring him back. And outside of that, though, like there's not much money for Toronto to go out and spend to bring in a big ticket free agent. And if you're not having one of those big four go the other way, you're not going to really bring anybody back either in a trade. So unless something completely off the wall happens, I think they're going to run it back and just hope that instead of the puck breaking Montreal's way it, it, next time in the playoffs, it breaks their way. Cause listen, 
a lot of the games that Montreal won, like, were coin flips. And when I say, I think all four of the games that Montreal won in that first series were coin flips. And, you know, like you said, coin flip is a 50 50 chance. And I think the Maple Leafs know that if they go into next season with the same roster, it's talented enough where hopefully they get a little bit more luck, I suppose, when it comes to, to the coin flip and win one more game and end up uh, winning a playoff round and going on a deep run because they have the roster to do it. And I think they they believe that if they run it back, they still have the horses to, to go on a deep run. I also somewhat subscribe to that. But uh, if you're asking if there's going to be some massive changes here, I don't think so. So I'm so glad that you brought up money because like uh, we actually have money to spend. The the question is, who do we spend it on and for what reason? So like, you know, there's some financial things that can go our way and there's other financial things that can, you know, put us into the red. So for example, like, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of cap space next season. So, you know, that's all speculation right now. Could we like trade for someone right now and just not have to worry about that? Could we uh, potentially uh, lose PK Subban in the expansion draft and we're $25 million away from the cap floor. So obviously there's that question right there, but you know, the, the thing is, and you should know this because you, uh, you gave us Andreas Janssen for um, uh, Joey Anderson so you, you know that, you know, we're willing to take someone off your hands and, you know, in exchange for a prospect because we got prospects and, you know, uh, but before, um, you know, we get into uh, the main topic that I want to discuss, are, are you satisfied with Joey Anderson? Do you think he'll be given a chance uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs? I think he played like two games, maybe for the Maple Leafs this year. So like, let's be honest, that was more of a cap dump for Toronto. That was, that was New Jersey getting a a player who they can plug into their lineup. And, you know, in a moment, I'd like to get your thoughts on how Andreas Janssen played, but in terms of, of no, you don't, no, you don't No, I do. I really do actually. But in terms of Joey Anderson to quickly answer your question before I make you answer mine, um, I, 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 I don't think like he's going to factor in long-term. Like he may be a guy who they hang around as a, as an AHL guy who plays for the Marlies, who they'll feel comfortable bringing up in a pinch if there's injuries and, you know, he can come in and, and fill a role that way as like a fourth line winger and maybe play, you know, six or seven games a, a year, depending on how healthy the team can stay. But in terms of him being a piece going forward, um, I, I don't think he's going to factor into the Maple Leafs. And, and I don't think that the plan was for him to ever factor in despite, you know, being still relatively young at the time. I think he was what 23 when the trade went down that that move for Toronto was strictly getting Andreas Janssen's contract off the books so that, you know, going into, well, last season, even they're able to do the moves that they had to make, uh, including signing TJ Brody and, and, and making some other signings and making sure that they were going to be cap compliant come the start of last season. Uh, so now you got to tell me though, Andreas Janssen, how did you feel about his play this year? Okay. Uh, his play was awful. Like he played in 50 games. He had five goals, six assists for a grand total of 11 points. Um, he finished, uh, the year on our fourth line, which as we all know, that's usually the line that gets the least amount of minutes. They're just there to give the main starters a quick breather. So obviously, you know, he didn't really finish off strong at one point. He was starting to get his groove. Um, you know, uh, earlier in the season, uh, it's funny that you say that Michael, he was struggling, like 
in the beginning of the year and the end of the year. However, like, you know, I, I believe just about a few games into the year, he was starting to get his footing underneath him. But uh, based on my perspective, and this is my perspective, so this could be subjective, but Andreas Janssen, I said, like, if we move him down to, like, the third or the fourth line, I think he'll do better. Because the thing is, as I felt like he was just getting too much time on the ice. He was in a new system. He wasn't used to it. And I just said, okay, why don't we move him down a little bit so that way he could dominate on that line and just, you know, become the 2018 and 2019 Andreas Janssen that I wanted him to be. Like, we all know he's solid, nothing spectacular. But at the same time, uh, I don't think uh, we should be in a big hurry to trade him. I think we should give him one more chance for half of the year. So if he's not performing, like, you know, um, come the trade deadline, then, you know, it's time to cut ties with them. We need to get them out of here. We, we need to find a, a, a buyer. That, that's what we need. So, you know, for Andreas Janssen, it's just like, you know, what uh, I, I still feel like there's some upside. I still feel like he can um, do better. I, I, I'm not giving up on him. yet. I, I, I'm going to give him one more chance because, you know, obviously with 56 games this year, it was unprecedented for a, a lot of people. Um, and, you know, just, just overall, you know, you saw a lot of people struggling this year, like, you know, uh, Kyle Paul Mary, when he was with us for the first half of the year, he he was struggling. Like it took him so many games to get his first goal of the year. Um, you know, Travis Zajac looked frustrated with the organization. Mackenzie Blackwood didn't have a good year, despite uh, you know getting off to a very strong start uh, to begin the first three games. Had COVID, got injured. So uh, there's a lot of players on the New Jersey Devils roster that um, you know didn't do relatively well. Like our leading points getter had 35 points. 35. And our two uh, main goals getters uh, had 17. So Pavel Zaka led our team in points and goals along, and he was tied with Miles Wood with 17 goals. And, you know, obviously, you know, that that's not impressive. Like there's 93 players ahead of Zaka who um, had more points than him. It could be worse. We could be like the Red Wings because they didn't have anyone crack 30 points on their roster. So, you know, my thing is, it's just like, okay, you know what? Janssen struggled, but so did a lot of other players. So he deserves another chance. Ryan Murray didn't do well. Subban, uh, you know, was doing so-so. I, I just say, and, and you know, Wedgwood uh, was struggling at points of the season being a backup goaltender. I just said, let's just give some of these players another chance. There's some players we need to cut ties with. Other players, let's just give them a chance. Why not? What do we got to lose? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, I respect how, uh, how much loyalty you have to some of these players. But some of them, I, I, I don't think they're. I think they're just done. Like they're like. Here's the thing with Andreas Janssen, right? As as someone who watched him play for a couple of years in Toronto, he benefited a lot from being alongside Austin Matthews, who we all know is a, an all world player. And you know, when you're sitting shotgun to a player like that, you're going to rack up points, and that's kind of what Janssen was able to do. But he, he was never a guy who was going to drive offense himself. He was only as good as his his line mates. And, you know, unfortunately, the Devils, they're young and they're not quite to the you know stature of the Maple Leafs and some of the top echelon uh, teams in the league. So Andres Janssen didn't really have the guys to help him flourish in in New Jersey. And I don't know if they will, unless Jack Hughes takes that, that, that leap next year. And I'm assuming that that is the expectation that Jack Hughes going into year three, he needs to take that jump next year. He he did take that jump. He he did way better this year. He he did take that jump. In my opinion, I think he did pretty well. He was a, he was a great, um, 
he was a great centerpiece for our first line. He he was quarterbacking our offense. He the reason why Igor Sharangovich was able to do so well, the reason why Johnny Kokonen was able to do so well, the reason why a lot of other guys were able to do so well, including like Ty Smith, is because Jack Hughes was helping lead our, our offense and our organization. And you know, Ty Smith is a defenseman, and yet I heard that Jack Hughes was still mentoring him. So I and, and it seems like Lindy Ruff in the front office seemed to like Jack Hughes. So I fully anticipate for Jack Hughes to be one of our alternate captains uh, next season, in my opinion. So I feel like he has taken that leap forward. If, if, if I'm being 100% honest with you, I, I firmly believe that was he our main goals getter. No, he was not. But at, at the same time, his job as a center is to lead the offense and just make the players around him better. So in my honest opinion, I feel as though Jack Hughes did take that leap forward. He looked a lot more confident. He gained about 15 pounds. Um, you know, I was harsh on him uh, before the start of the year, but at the same time, I think Jack Hughes has taken that leap forward in my in my honest opinion, Michael. And I mean, Nico Heischer's health too probably right, played a factor. Right. He, 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 missed, he missed two thirds of the year. Yeah, and, and he's you know a really talented player. Went number one overall, and and you know was given the captaincy for 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 uh, by the Devils, and and wasn't able to really play at all last year. So that also I think factored in. But we'll see where Janssen ends up ends up like I've always looked at him as a bottom six player who really just his stats looked better than they were again, because he was playing alongside Austin Matthews, but unless he's got a superstar next to him that he can just pile up, you know, secondary assists and, you know, kind of just bang away at some goals. I'm not too sure. He's a guy who's going to be driving much offense. um, And he's more suited for a third, fourth line role. Yeah. Well, uh, unfortunately our third line was our most consistent line this season with, uh, Miles Wood, uh, Mikey McLeod, and Nathan Bastian. That that was our most consistent line, surprisingly, just based on the effort they showed. So if if Johnson is going to be playing on a line, he's certainly not going to be playing on a first or our second line. I believe those lines are pretty much set uh, unless, you know, uh, something happens in the expansion draft. But I fully anticipate for Johnson to play fourth line, but I think he'll do better. I think he deserves another chance for at least half a year. But that's my opinion on that. I was about to ask you, and inquire about one of the players on your team who uh, did come up in, in some trade discussions over the course of the trade deadline uh, period last season. So before we get to that, because I think we are going to get to silly season and that would probably uh, be more of a, an answer once we get to there. So I don't know, you want you want to just get right to it then? Or yeah, did you have uh, something else along uh, the lines that you want to chat about? Okay, Uh, Morgan Riley, one of your alternate captains. He's been one of your top guys for many years now. Um, I'm I'm hearing his name in trade rumors. Obviously, you know, it it might not happen, most likely. But this is silly season. Where are you hearing these rumors? Because these rumors are not being talked about really much in Toronto. I mean, at least in terms of New Jersey being linked to them, there's a discussion slightly about like, oh, Riley's, contract is up next year do you trade him this summer or do you extend him or do you let him walk but there's no like firm oh this is what happens and this would be a team that he could go to so i'm curious where these 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 rumors are coming from and like where those conversations or, or how those conversations are being had in other fan bases okay so uh i i usually get my information from a few sites so the main site that i got it from was pucks and pitchforks and they write about the new jersey devils and obviously you know, Morgan Riley's um, uh, name was just being brought up and they, they post their stuff on fan sided. And then 
Obviously, I also get uh, some information in regards to Morgan Riley from the Toronto Maple Leaf side of fan side as well. Uh, it's called editor and leaf. I'm sure you've heard of that, but just like, you know, just a combination of all, a lot of other sites. And like I said, this is silly season for a reason. Like there, there's no, like, you know, is it likely to happen? No. But at the same time, is it fun to entertain and discuss? Yes, because it can overall just paint a better picture for your organization where your guys are at. Are you willing to trade this player? And overall, like hypothetically, if I'm the GM for the devils, if I'm Tom Fitzgerald, what's it going to take to get Morgan Riley? Because I'll tell you my reasoning and then, you know, you can rebuttal. But like I said, this is just silly season. This is just like mostly for fun. All right. Well, let, let's get to it then. OK, let's play. Let's play role play. I'm Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you're Tom Fitzgerald, the general manager for the New, York, New Jersey Devils. How do you start the conversation? So what's up, Kyle? So I, I have a trade offer for you, but you might not like it at first, but just hear me out for a second. So you are going to be in cap trouble because uh, Tavares, Matthews and Marner, they're on the books of for north of $10 million a piece. They have $11 million in cap space for next season. Now, it doesn't sound that bad, but you still need some certain players to round out your roster and it will turn dire, in my opinion. So uh, you, the Toronto Maple Leafs, you have nine forwards signed, not including possible prospects, including Joey Anderson. That's why I inquired about you uh, in, in terms of Joey Anderson. So and obviously you have uh, Jack Campbell signed in net. So could you have all these veterans re-signed for the minimum? And obviously, you know, you're a very good team. I know you're probably not willing to part ways with Morgan Riley, but think of it like this. He's in the final year of his contract. And from reports I'm hearing, he's going to demand for at least $7 million. So are you really willing to put your salary cap into the red? Obviously, you, you know, you're still going to have uh, Matthews. You're going to have Marner. Uh, you're going to have uh, Tavares. So, Obviously, you know, you'll still have your essential big three, but don't you think it's time to part ways with Morgan Riley? And plus, don't you think uh, him on the defensive side of things is just like um, kind of iffy at best at this point? You're talking about my assistant captain. I mean, I I don't think we're we're looking to part ways with with our assistant captain. We're we're now in we're having discussions with with management and with his management about a potential return here to Toronto. We haven't really decided what uh, we think is an appropriate number for him. Uh, interestingly enough, you mentioned the $7 million range, and, and that's probably roughly, I would say, where it's going. But look, I'm all ears. I'll listen, depending on what you're offering up. But Morgan Riley will not be a cap dump. We're not looking to shed salary because we have forwards that are making too much money going into next year. We're perfectly fine going with Morgan Riley into a contract season, because guess what? We're going to be contenders next year. So we're not looking to dump off our best defenseman just because we're in a bit of a cap crunch. We can sort things out next year and deal with his contract the following season, right? We go year by year, one year at a time here in Toronto. We'll figure things out. We could still be cap compliant without having to make these necessary, these big, big time moves. So unless you can knock my socks off with a trade offer, I'm not too sure that we'll be willing to listen here on Morgan Riley. So what are you offering up here, Tommy? Okay. Listen to me and, and just hear me out for a second. Okay. Obviously, you know, 
we didn't really have that good of a season, so we have a high pick in this year's draft. You're probably eyeing the fourth overall selection. Albeit, I would love to just offer you the Islanders pick, but obviously that's just going to be late in the first round. You probably have no interest in that. Uh, obviously, on our defensive side of things, we're just trying to find you know some more players to build around Ty Smith because we have a lot of young uh, forwards to look forward to. But on the defensive side of things, you know we have Kevin Ball, uh, Riley Walsh, and uh, Shakir Mukamadoulin. But at the same time, you know we we just need uh, some more help on the defensive side of things because Subban seems to be out of his prime. Um, Severson is average at best. We want Will Butcher gone. Murray didn't seem to really work out. So overall, we're just trying anything that we could possibly do. We see that you guys struggle to get out of the first round of the playoffs. I understand that you're contenders. I, I understand you label yourselves that, but at the end of the day, can you really call yourself contenders if you haven't advanced out of the first round since 2004? I'm not trying to throw shade, not trying to sound rude, but I'm just saying like, you know, just think of it from, just think of it from that perspective and hear me out for a second. So I, the fourth overall selection and the, and this year, there's going to be a lot of great defensemen. You know, you got, Owen Power could possibly slip. Then obviously, you know, you got um, Luke Hughes, younger brother of Quinn and Jack. And um, Luke Hughes uh, shows similarities to his brother out in Vancouver. And then obviously, you know, you got Simon Evanson. If you don't want a defenseman, you could get a lot of good uh, forwards, including like Matt Beneers, who's also from the University of Michigan. Whatever the case might be, there's a lot of uh, great players available on the market for, uh, you know, drafting. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, we'll give you the fourth overall selection and we'll give you one of our high-level prospects, including, like, Alexander Holtz, uh, Dawson Mercer, Nolan Foote, the son of Adam Foote, and uh, whoever it just strikes your interest, or we can offer one of our, you know, cheaper players. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you're going to be in salary cap, salary cap issues. And obviously, you know, you got to think about your big three. You got to think about your netminder. And think about what Morgan Riley is going to demand at least. And are you really willing to roll the dice on that? I know it's a tough sell, but that's my best offer for you. That's an interesting offer. That is an interesting offer. And you you have my attention, right? Obviously, the, the number four overall pick is, is nothing to, to, to turn your nose up at. And with the Maple Leafs, we don't have a first-round pick this year. So I, I would be interested in acquiring another one, and, and especially one up at the top of the draft would uh, would be clearly something that we would enjoy. I'm looking at a couple of players, though. So you say, obviously, we're looking at a a, a first-round pick. Okay. A roster much. player, a roster player who can help us now, and a prospect. That okay. is typically what, what it takes to to pry a, a star player from a team, right? So that first-round pick, if you're offering up the fourth, that that has a lot of weight to it. Let's be honest, that has significant weight to it. So we don't need to go out and get a Pavel Zaka or a Jack Hughes or a Kokanen or Nico Heischer. That's not quite the players that I think we'll be looking at here in Toronto because let's be honest, let's be fair. That would just be an overpayment uh, for on your part. But okay. the player that I am looking at as a roster player who could help my team now and help him a lot, I think, is Miles Wood. Are you married to Miles Wood in these trade negotiations? Okay, so obviously there are a few players that you know are near and dear to my heart, but Miles Wood, he is one of our alternate captains after uh, Zajac and Paul Mary were traded away. 
Um, I, I like Miles Wood. I like his production. I love his feistiness. I love his um, just his overall impact for the team. He was definitely uh, a huge uh, part for us for our third line in which we call our energy line, according to Lindy Ruff. So um, I, I love Miles Wood, but at the same time, he's negotiable. And as Rick Harrison from Pawn Stars would say, I'm taking all the risk here because, like I said, uh, Morgan Riley is in the final year of his contract. So, you know, we, we will be taking a huge risk. But Miles Wood, negotiable. Okay, so if Miles Wood is on the table and that fourth round, that fourth overall pick is on the table, I think we could, I think we've got a framework here that could work. I, I think we do. That being said, you know, from a Toronto perspective, I think we would have to take a look and see what else we could look at to try and replace Morgan Riley in the lineup. You know, because that that that's an that's an, a minutes eater here in, in Toronto. He's a guy who plays 26, 27 minutes a night, played upwards of 28 minutes a night in the playoffs for us. He's on our number one power play, albeit struggling power play. So eh, maybe that's not as much of a <laughs> miss, to be honest with you. If I do go out of character for one second, back to character I go. Um, and he's 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 a, an alternate captain. He's a, he's a heck of a guy in the locker room but either way that is a massive massive hole that would be left in our lineup so now if i'm kyle dubas and i'm the maple leafs that's that's what's going through my mind even if we do make this deal we're gonna pick up miles wood who like you said has that size that tenacity has a little bit of a scoring touch as well could play in our top six and give us a little bit of energy and a little bit more bulk to the lineup i think that's a nice add something that the Leafs will need especially if they can't bring back zach hyman and at 2.75 million that is a number that i think the leafs are very comfortable paying somebody and that that would definitely help this team so if that is the case you're opening up a little bit more cap space and then Toronto might be able to go and, you know, find somebody through free agency or make another trade of some kind. So I think if, if the number four pick is in play, which are you, are you suggesting that the number four pick legitimately would be in play in, in, in a discussion like this? Do you think that New Jersey would entertain that for a player of the caliber of Morgan Riley? Absolutely. Uh, there's been a lot of articles, a lot of rumors and speculation as to, are the New Jersey Devils willing to trade that pick for a decent defenseman? That's what, uh, that's the reports I'm seeing. I talked about it on my show before and overall, you know, that fourth overall pick, it can give us a lot of leverage and overall it can really help a team like you guys in the future, because guess what? You'll get a very good uh, franchise player. And all you have to do is just trade us Morgan Riley. I know that's saying a lot, but, Look at it from this perspective, okay? We had to trade away Travis Zajac, okay? And Zajac has been with our organization since 2006. Kyle Palmieri, he's been with us for a good while as well. So, you know, I know it's hard to trade one of your alternate captains, especially an alternate captain that's been there for a while, who's been a staple point in your organization for a good while as well. But at the same time, you know, again, I mean this with all due respect, it's kind of hard to get sympathy out of me in terms of he's been with our organization for a while because sometimes you got to do what you got to do. At the end of the day, this is a business and sometimes you got to make a business decision. So I'm just saying like, look at your cap space, look at your big three, uh, the players I named, and obviously look at your netminder and look at uh, what you still need to round out your roster. And overall, it could put your organization in the red in terms of finance. I'm I'm just saying and putting that out there. 
Yeah, I think if if that is the case, and this is this is in play, that the number four overall pick, I think the Leafs definitely entertain something like this. And if that is the framework, you take number four plus Miles Wood. Um, I don't know if if either side would have would have to add a little bit here, um, but I think that would be a framework that could start negotiations in a trade. Okay. Which I, 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 I'm surprised because when you said to me, you said, hey, Mike, let's do a podcast. I want Morgan Riley. I thought to myself, there's no way that he's going to possibly come up with it. I thought you were going to give me some buffoonery type of deal where you were going to say, how about Pavel Zaka, a second round pick, and Will Butcher? And I was just going to laugh you out the room. But you came guns a blazing with a pretty decent offer. And if that legitimately is, I think, you know, what may be available for a guy like Morgan Riley, I think the Leafs have to listen in on it. Oh, boy. Am I risking my job as a GM, as a hypothetical Tom Fitzgerald? Absolutely. But things are starting to get heated between me and Mike of Locked On Leafs. It seems like we're heading in the right direction of possibly getting a deal done. Are there any other throw-ins that Mike wants to add in? Are there any more topics of discussion that we want to discuss? Because we went all over the board. We uh, reflected on both of our respective seasons. We talked about Andreas Janssen, Joey Anderson, uh, and overall, we talked about the big one. Could we get Morgan Riley? Is he for sale, period? Obviously, with salary issues for the Toronto Maple Leafs, it does raise some compelling questions. And like I said, this episode is so great that I have to split it into two parts. So thanks again, guys, for the birthday wishes. And thanks for tuning in to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Part two will be posted on Tuesday, so keep an ear out for that. I will catch you guys in the next episode. Go Devils, and I love you guys so much. Thanks for helping this show grow, and thanks for uh, following me on social media. I love you guys from the bottom of my heart.